Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday to you. It's February 28th, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder, and that there is Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? Trey, I'm just uh, really excited because Tom Brady has announced he's going to try his hand at stand-up comedy. Uh, okay. It's going for your spot, bud. Is that, re- is that real? I saw that. That's not like some kind of sports, uh, like, you know, uh, there's all those bullshit sites and stuff out there. Like, he's really going to do that? Why, that whips, why, that would, he, why would he do that? I actually <laughs> I didn't double... <laughs> that looked like a legit news report, but I actually didn't double check. Maybe I'm uh, maybe, maybe I'm falling into crap, played some disinformation, but it would be hilariously funny because you know what's going to happen. He's going to do one show, eat shit, then pivot to alt-right stuff and cancel culture, do the Elon speed run. Bring Elon really out, fun. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't know. Especially <laughs> considering like uh, he's already got like a 300 plus million dollar deal with Fox, right? Like whenever he's yeah. ready to start, whenever he's ready to start, he's Fox's number one. Uh, mm-hmm. commentator guy in the hundreds of millions of dollars like just do that or nothing just do that or also nothing would be great you're the goat you're super loaded you know you've got divorce play the field do whatever but for god's sake it's, what, he's he's gonna be going up be- at the comedy connection and providence and shit like what why? and i love that club but why why it <laughs> I, don't, be- I don't get it it made me laugh because, like, of course he thinks he's funny. He's oh, extremely yeah. good looking and he has hundreds of yeah. millions of dollars. So women have always laughed at everything he said. Right. So, like, yeah, like. <laughs> well, he is he is kind of funny sometimes, like, on his social media and stuff. But I've always assumed he's got, like, a whole team for that or whatever. Like, um, yeah. you know. Um, but even if he is kind of funny, we all know there's, like, a difference, you know. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, Best of luck yeah. to him. If he ends up like crushing at that, then just kill me. That's like, yeah. Fuck, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> what if he's the goat at two things, Drake? Oh yeah. And one of them is the like, thing that I do. That's, that's rough. I was imagining uh, him trying to be relatable. It's like, don't right. you hate it when you kiss your son on the lips, open mouth, and you just ate a strawberry, so you get a concussion? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, Tom Brady has weird health beliefs, if you guys don't know. And also inside baseball stuff, but that, a lot of times when comics get huge, so I wouldn't know, but when comics get huge, they like uh, they tend to become res- less relatable because comics write about mm-hmm. their day-to-day lives and what they know and who they hang out with and stuff. So you see comics blow up, and all of a sudden, they got like 20 minutes on... Uh, hanging out with Katy Perry or Shaq or whatever it is. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's just, uh, so yeah, Tom Brady's like already <laughs> starting from that place. I don't know. The whole thing is so weird to me if it is yeah. legit. Um, yeah. That's why Chris Rock goes up at like 2 AM in New Jersey. So, cause you can try to find a crowd that's hard. You know, it's hard to find right. a crowd that's hard when you're, when you're that big. Uh, all right. So news before we get to the show, the lab leak theory is back and dumb again. So the Wall Street Journal had a report this weekend since confirmed by Washington Post that the Department of Energy's intelligence Mm -hmm. uh, section has a low confidence opinion that it's more than likely that it had a lab war. This this is what everybody's yelling at each other on the Internet over this. It's one of like 80 intelligence agencies in in the federal government and one of two that thinks it might have come from a lab and they don't have any confidence in the report. Most people still think it was natural origin. Also, it doesn't fucking matter because nobody thinks they did it on purpose. So, like, I know that's that. Re- well, that's that's what I was gonna bring up and ask you about. Well, first of all, you know, my old stomping grounds to DOE. I wasn't in the intelligence division. I didn't do any biological warfare stuff. But like, I don't know if this was part if they you know ran in this data at the national lab in Oak Ridge or wherever they did it. But like, they got super high tech shit uh that you know they're generally pretty competent but like you said this says low confidence also i don't know the people behind the actual study but more importantly like you said 
I just, I don't really understand because yeah, even that like theory that it was a leak, it's not a militia. It's not biological warfare, right? It's like, Oh, they fucked up and this happens. And I get that that would be a big deal, but it's like, I don't know. It happened. We all went through the whole thing, whether it was one dude who left a vial out or whatever in a lab. I'm not nah. saying it's irrelevant. I just don't like, I don't it see would, what it really changes, you know, all that much. The only way it would be relevant is if it was because of gain of function research, which is, you know, where they try to make viruses worse to study how, how viruses become worse. Right. And uh, yeah. that's one reason. Also people, biological weapons, you know, like stuff like that. But like it, the, the, I have a buddy who's, who's been a big believer in this cause he's, he's a sci-fi writer and but we become a good sci-fi writer is you are very paranoid about technology and stuff. So he's been afraid of his gain of function research for a while. But also, it's just like it's all above our pay grade. You only, us yelling each other the internet is going to stop governments from doing gain of function research. But anyway, that would be may, may, maybe we should dial back gain of function if, in fact, this was a, a, a gain of function virus that escaped. But it probably wasn't, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, another story I want to talk about before we get to the show. This absolutely killed me out of Arizona. Read this headline, Arizona Republicans disavow wide-ranging bribery allegation. So Arizona House Republicans have been holding nonstop hearings about election fraud, right? Yeah. Some pretty, pretty much if they let anybody testify about <laughs> voter fraud. It's like, like the level of evidence is like the old Simpsons joke. I saw principal, uh, principal Skinner, and Miss Krabobble in the, in the closet making babies and the babies looked at me. It's like that, that level of fucking <laughs> right. So they had a, a one this, the last few days where there's a conspiracy theory that Katie Hobbs, Arizona's new governor, who'd be Kari Lake, uh, they say she's being paid off by the Sinaloa cartel through uh, a bribe, being bribed through real money laundered through real estate. Anyway, so they invited this guy to testify, but they, without getting any his testimony beforehand, which is usually what professionals do without seeing his evidence. <laughs> they got yeah. there and accused a bunch of Republicans also. Yeah. Drug <laughs> yeah. <money. laughs> and then oh, they, congratulations. They to, you played yourself. That's yes. so funny. So, and I'm with the Uno the, reverse card, man, live in front of everybody. <laughs> but it, it gets even funnier because they tried to ask him how he knew this and they got a, a 40 minute presentation from a woman named Jacqueline Brieger who's an insurance agent from Scottsdale so you know her stuff's good and they asked her where she got information she attributed to a report written by a like a, a lawyer who lo- I think lost his li- a license by the name of John Thaler and when they asked him for more evidence he he said he got he, he knew because of two women working on behalf of the Sinaloa cartel used fraudulent mortgage documents to launder their money to a wide range of officials and the all the people checked online. The two women he was accusing were his ex-wife and her mother. So he used this Arizona <laughs> House hearing to say he knew that everyone was on the payroll of the Sinaloa cartel and to burn his ex-wife and ex-mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I can't believe that our, our policy of inviting fringe lunatics with no credibility to testify before Congress ended up backfiring, in, you know, in any sort of way. I can't believe I, one of these maniacs said some crazy shit about us. I didn't think it'd go like that. I guess they just assumed that all the fringe lunatics are on their team, you know, would be the assumption yeah. there. It's like, if they're going to do something like that, it's not going to be about us. Like, we're we're like this. Uh, yeah, but yeah, little, they showed little them. do we know that all of us are also rhinos. But I also want to congratulate this Thaler guy for reaching a hereto unknown level of uh, divorce, uh, yeah. only perhaps only reached by Tom Brady. So there we go. <laughs> right on. Yeah, that's some good shit there. Well, let's get into it. With us as always is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. 
Before we continue, I, of course, need to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you'd like to see me perform live, and let's face it, you should, go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out the upcoming dates. I'll be in Texas, Dallas, and San Antonio over the next few days. Plenty of other fun cities coming up after that. Adding new ones all the time. I hope you'll come and see me. Go to TreyCrowder.com and check it out. Number two, also in Trey News, my special, my comedy special, Damn Boy, is available for purchase now on Amazon. Corey Ryan Forster and Drew Morgan also have specials on there. You can get them as a package deal, the well-read comedy special, or you can get them individually, whatever melts your butter. Either way, I hope you'll check it out. Go to Amazon, holler at that special. And lastly, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. You go to weeklyskews.com slash more, or you can go on Patreon and look me up. Either way works. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. We're going to record one later this week. We cover things we don't get to on Tuesdays or things that come up in between or just shit we want to talk about. We have a good time with it. We think you will, too. So go to weeklyskews.com slash more, or look me up on Patreon, sign up, get some more skews in your life. Now, as for the show tonight, we'll be talking about every red-blooded capitalist favorite white whale, unrestricted child labor. That's right. Oh, people don't want to work anymore? Well, kids don't know any better. It's almost too perfect. At least that's what Republicans, especially those in the state of Iowa, seem to think. We'll be talking all things kids working a little bit later. But first, we begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. China is our daily dumbass tonight for not realizing just how easy it would be to sigh up Matt Gates. Watch this clip here. Is Matt the Gates. Azov Battalion yeah. getting access to U.S. weapons? Uh, not that I'm aware of, um, but if you have information, uh, I'd seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the Global Times investigative report that uh, indicate that talks about training. It's uh, from the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensics Research Lab, uh, citing that the Azov Battalion was even getting stuff as far back as 2018. Without objection, so ordered. Any reason to disagree with that assessment, Doctor? Is this Paul? the? I'm sorry. Is this the Global Times from China? No, this is. <laughs> That's what you read. <laughs> Yeah, it might be. Yeah, would that be a reason? Uh, I, 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 as a general matter, I don't take Beijing's propaganda. Well, no, no. Yeah, but just value. tell me if the if the allegations. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I don't have any evidence one way or the okay. other. As a general matter, I don't take Beijing's propaganda at face value. Fair, fair enough. I would agree with that assessment. All April. Right. So, hey. <laughs> oh, uh, fucking military Stephen Colbert up there. What, that guy, like, uh, he wasn't having it. I love the utter disdain he had on his face when the things he was like. He was just like, I don't, do you have information about that? He's just what? like, that Jay, right there, that, that that face right there is like, I don't, what the, okay. Uh, it just cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, the face that killed me is that the black dude over his over Colin Kale, uh, Colin Kale's right shoulder, just like trying to hold stifle a laugh when he realizes Matt Gates is face planning. But like, these guys all spend their entire lives warmongering about China and then he takes a press release from the Chinese Communist Party and reads it in the congressional record about how we've been funding the, the Azov Battalion is the you know the Ukrainian militia that may or may not be Nazis and I look I whenever this we, America arms people it tends to backfire if you think we're creating the new ISIS uh, I'm not going to argue with you uh, <laughs> I'm not sure but anyway but, we say we're not arming Azov Battalion uh, that's what I mean all, but on on the note of what you're saying, you know, like, oh, they warmonger and talk shit about China all the time, but, you know, we'll not hesitate to introduce Chinese propaganda in the congressional record. But it's all, and I know that you 
feel the same way. It, all that matters is that it fits, you know, what they want to believe or what they're trying to say or fits their narrative, right? It doesn't matter. Right. If they can find anything that, you know, agrees with their own currently held, you know, conceptions or notions about how things work, they'll point to it and be like, see, look here. And then the opposite yeah. is also true. It doesn't matter how reputable the source is. If it disagrees with what they think, then it's fake news and they throw it out. And that's like, that's become like chapter one shit for their whole side. That's just how they operate. Yeah. So what clearly what happened there is some intern was tasked to find some gotcha proof about, you know, CIA warmongering in Ukraine and that's all he could find. So he they gave it to his boss. And now that intern's getting yelled at for feeding his boss bullshit and not telling us from China. But it's like you get what you want. You, you got exactly what you asked for, you fucking dumbass. Um, Mark, have you well, ever gotten Chinese propaganda on your doorstep out here in L.A.? These newspapers the like that? The Epoch Times, yeah. 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 But the you got you, the Epoch Times is run by the Falun Gong though, which is anti which are enemies with the Chinese Communist. Anyway, but it, that reminded me of like last year when we were coming out of COVID lock a year or two ago, coming out of COVID lockdowns. Um, my gym is a twenty four hour gym, but it hadn't gone back to being twenty four hours yet. And this guy in the locker room asked me if I thought it might go might it might uh, when it might go back. And I go, well, it's having a vaccine mandate, so it feels like things are opening back up, so it might be back to 24 hours soon. And he goes like, you know, I got the vaccine and all that, but really what they're not telling you is you can kill COVID by eating foods with a lot of with very, very low acid or ba- basic foods. And he said he read it in the Epoch Times. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad this guy who's fully naked in my gym locker room is telling me the Falun Gong wants me to eat more avocados. <laughs> right. So it's like, why, why would they not be telling you that? Do you know what I mean? Like that one in particular, like you said, avocados cures COVID. It's like that would, what possible reason would there be for keeping that under wraps? You know, like it's just. Yeah. I mean, we talk about a bunch, but these people don't understand how actual conspiracy theories work. Uh, government, as I said before, governments always do lie about pandemics, but in the other direction, whatever, when they think things are fine, because government yeah. likes, it, likes it when people think everything's fine, like people going to work and making, paying taxes and spending money at stores and stuff. So like, it's like, they, governments do not want you hiding in your house <laughs> Well, they have to mail you free money to, stay, to keep the economy alive. Um, but before we move on from Matt Gates, he also mm-hmm. had another big fuck up the, uh, recently. This came out this week that he uh, Matt, Representative Matt Gates under fire for inviting accused murderer to recite Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> so what he did was he met this guy back home at a gun club who's a, who's a National Guard staff sergeant who served in Iraq and got a Purple Heart. And all that sounds cool. So he invited him to say the Pledge of Allegiance without, I guess, Googling him. And it turned out he uh, shot two people in Michigan a few years back, killed one of them. And the only reason he didn't go to trial is because the woman he the, the woman he shot didn't want to testify against him. I think there's some sort of family relationship there. Anyway, th- this is all under the rubric of uh, the Matt Gates learn how to use Google challenge. <laughs> so you know what you're reading in, in, in Congress yeah. and, and who you're inviting to give the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. Yeah. He meets to do it at a Florida gun show and it's like, it seems like a stand up guy. And then the guy <laughs> turns out to be an actual murderer. But hey, murderers <laughs> can still love America, Mark. Okay. Doesn't impact well, your dude. patriotism. Also, I didn't realize uh, I guess maybe the dude's white or whatever. Or also, I'm just law dumb, but like, he didn't like because he shot two people. One of them died. A lady didn't die. And because that lady won't testify about it at all one way or another, that just means it's like, well, that's it. Like they don't have like ballistics or anything like that. It can be as simple as that. If people, it's like that mob thing where it's like, you know, kill somebody in broad daylight and nobody says anything, then you're going to get away with it. It's I like mean, I don't that, know the with redneck family shit. 
I don't know the details of the case. Maybe it was disputed whether it was self-defense or struggling over a gun. And without her testimony, they couldn't make it stick. Or maybe they didn't right. have the gun. Or maybe it's only, maybe the only proof they had was this woman's word. And maybe, I don't, I, I don't know the details. But yeah, if you're white, you need All more right. proof than just a dead body. All right, moving on. Our first honorable mention is the Hamburglar and Grimace. Because frankly, their silence on East Palestine is deafening. Unlike this gentleman here. Play the clip, Matt. What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do. Okay? I probably know it better than anybody in here. Uh, we're going to take care of the fire department. How about you do, buddy? Yeah. So, I, I, so, like, he, all right, this is like one of the times. First of all, it's so hilarious. It's so typical of him that he's like, you know, he's like, really, I'm the, I'm probably the best McDonald's eater on earth. Really, a lot of people <laughs> would tell you that. Like nobody's, nobody's better at eating McDonald's than me. And I think, you know, it, it, many smart people would attest to that. But, uh, but that's the one time that he does that that I kind of believe him. Except he also opened with "What's your specialty today?" Uh, uh, which you know, McDonald's. I don't know if he's that man, the promo item, like he gets a shamrock shake going or what do you got back there? But either way, it's uh yeah, but th this is in East Palestine, Ohio at a McDonald's, of course. Yeah. He's there buying burgers for the cops and the firemen and whatnot. Yeah. First of all, I'm mad culpa because last week I said Trump had already gone to East Palestine. I was wrong. He went the next day. I was mixing up two different Trump speeches. Um so yeah, he went to East Palestine. He gave a little little talk about how it's all Biden and Pete Buttigieg's fault. And it's, you know, it's just, nobody cares because East Palestine's white. And it's reverse racism against white people. And then he took, uh, he took, he, there was a pallet of water there that he took credit for delivering, but it wasn't clear. It might have been a donation from Amazon that he just like claimed. <laughs> and then, but then he took, he took the fire department out to McDonald's. So that's cool. You know, that's good. Give, yeah. give, 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 give one of the good city departments a, a free hamburger. That's nice. Um, <laughs> But anyway, like, I don't, this is, uh, I can't believe the Democrats are bumblefucking the politics and this so bad. And I read an explainer about how, like, the hedge funds that and the private equity groups that own Norfolk Southern actually uh, give a ton of money to Democrats, way more than Republicans. So this is sort of like a, a pain in the ass headache for them, as it rightfully should be, which is why you don't fucking take blood money. Um, but so Pete Buttigieg gave the weirdest speech. He went to East Palestine in some brand new, like, Italian boots. And don't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, How do you not know not to do that? It blows my mind, man. Like, fucking. Yeah. And then he, he gave he gave a speech about how, like, the, 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 the railroad industry, uh, whenever they try to introduce a new regulation, always lobbies against it. And the railroad industry should stop doing that. It's like, buddy, regulate them anyway. Stop. You can't yeah, make right. money to not do money stuff. That's not how this works. Like, right. Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just don't uh, fucking listen. You you don't have it. It's like that. Him saying that like presupposes that we must, you know, go along with what the lobbyists say. It's not our fault. Like if it gets lobbied hard enough, we really have no choice. And it's like that ain't that. If that is how it is, it ought not be. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't. If they were going to do it voluntarily, they're going to do it voluntarily. There wouldn't need to be any fucking regulations. Right. If everybody's going to drive 55, we wouldn't have to put the sign up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Just like, just do just do your jobs, guys. Just fucking crack down on these assholes, even if they donate to you. You know, there's an the old thing in old expression politics. If you can't take their money in, in a back room and then go out in public and slam them, then you're not, then you're not suited to this business, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. All right. Our next honorable mention is, uh, 
my home state of Tennessee's Governor Bill Lee's thighs for not rocking our world sooner. You guys may have seen this. The governor of Tennessee appears to have dressed in drag in high school. A yearbook picture of him from the class of 77 Franklin High surfaced with him wearing a skirt and a wig and all that good shit. If you guys have been following me for a while, you've heard me tell the story multiple times and I subjected it to everybody again, subjected everybody to it again yesterday in a video I made of when I was in high school in Tennessee in 2000, the early 2000s. We also had uh, a drag show of sorts and it makes it a little ironic that now the state is trying to outlaw such performances it seems like it's uh only a problem if it's the gays doing it straight dudes in a dress is you know pretty okay everybody yeah. seems to be generally fine with that because he hasn't denied this because he can't because it's him and his like mm-hmm. spokespeople and stuff you know and the other republicans in the state congress are like oh it's ridiculous to conflate light-hearted school traditions like this with you know actual evil demonic gay drag stuff he didn't literally say that last part but that is the implication and it's all just it's, uh bullshit it's not it's not just the implication it's the literal law because like way the way it's written um it's, it would criminalize drag performances in public and in front of children and i bet you there were children at that football game by the way but the difference here is when I did it, we were children. We were all children. The children yeah. were in drag and everyone right. there was a child <laughs> in yeah. rural Tennessee. So, you know, and they say yeah. of a prairie of a prurient interest, which is like, oh, it's obscene or sexual in nature. Well, they didn't see my buddy Kobe's outfit. All right. Because his balls were hanging out. OK. And he had just like yeah. just a bra on, just absolutely uh, no decorum, but uh, ended up winning anyway. Well, but I'm just saying, it's yeah, it's just it's worded vaguely. So they already they already have obscenity mm. laws in Tennessee. You can't show your dick to a kid or any. It's not like that's currently legal, and they're making mm. that illegal. They already have obscenity laws, and it's worded in such a vague way that it's like could be interpreted to basically make it illegal to even be trans in public because they're you know our kids in public or make it problematic to do pride parades or any of that type of shit. It's just a bullshit, unnecessary law. That's part of their effort to legislate these people, trans people in particular out of existence. Basically they just, yeah, uh, that's what I was, don't that's what I was about to say that the prurient thing, a prurient means you, you make it as a potential to make someone horny, which is that's totally in the eye of the beholder. Right. right? So like you, you, the, if I get horny looking at a picture of uh, uh, Bill Lee, uh, is he illegal now? Is it right. his fault I got horny? And who's defining what makes people horny? So it's like, it basically allows cops and prosecutors to hang a charge on whoever they feel like. Like, if if a guy who has a ponytail pisses off a cop, how can you prove that he's not violating this law? Right. You know what I'm <laughs> so like, this is, all, this is all such dumb horse shit and it's going to pass and I hope the ACLU and whoever else has a fucking fun, successful time fighting against this dumb anti-First Amendment, anti-freedom, anti-gay bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Heard that, brother. All right. This next one. God damn. This next one. This next honorable mention for Daily Dumbasses. Technically, it's children for only being worth like 38 cents in minerals. But y'all have got to see this clip from the uh, Alaska state republican representative david aceman it's got to be seen to be believed in my opinion he's talking about victims of child abuse go ahead matt you know in the case where child abuse is fatal it obviously it's not good for the child but it's actually a benefit to society because there aren't needed for a government serve not over the whole course of that child's life through the chair can you say that again to say a benefit for society (laughs) 
um, talking dollars. Now you've got yes. a, a $1.5 million price tag here for uh, victims of fatal child abuse. Um, it, it gets argued periodically that it's actually um, a cost savings because that child is not going to need any of those government services that uh, they might otherwise um, you know, be entitled to receive and, and need based on you know, growing up in this type of environment. Through the chair, uh, Representative, I guess that would be the idea, if I can use a really bad analogy, when you hit somebody, you always back up because uh, it's cheaper to insurance. I don't pertain to that, and I'm really, uh, I'm not even sure how to answer that, that there's a cost saving to, for uh, to the death of a child. The impact that that has on a family and us as an society right. when a child is lost, especially think that's good yeah so you guys get the idea so this All dude right. is uh saying that you know if a kid and no, there's absolutely nothing funny about child abuse particularly when it's fatal we're, we're laughing at the like bald face bloodless evil of this guy's <laughs> this guy's take on the subject which is basically uh you know saying the quiet part out loud that seems like a lot of their philosophies uh revolve around the idea that we, we society would generally be better if we just let certain types of people die like people die you know but they won't normally Normally they won't actually just say that, but yeah. uh, this guy took another me, took another track. Let me, let me try to pick out all the different things I hate about this. All right, so this is a, a house hearing where a report was written to try to get assholes like this to care about victims of child sexual and domestic violence, and they to try to get assholes like this to care. They talked about it in dollar amounts. Saying that, like, if a child grows up in being domestically abused, they estimate that it costs $1.5 million <laughs> to the state's economy because of future, uh, you know, earnings potential and tax revenue. And so this guy hears that if a child gets beat, it costs the state $1.5 million. And he says, well, if they die, it costs us zero. So, like, even by his own psychotic lot, they, they're trying to buy into his psychotic, psychotic logic to get psychos like him to care. And he just goes more psycho. Right. <laughs> he just good and like this guy he got censured for this by like he's the only one that voted against his own censuring which is really funny to me um he's been censured before because the guy is a fucking maniac he's from wasilla by the way just like sarah palin so they know how to pick him up there uh this guy was in is in the oath keepers he was at january 6th he voted against a bill to honor Hmong's are like a, 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 a an ethnic, ethnic minority in Asia. He voted against a, a, a bill to honor Hmong, Hmong veterans and more than 100,000 Hmong people who died in the Vietnam War supporting the United States. I don't know why you'd vote against that. He voted against a bill honoring black soldiers who constructed the Halaskan Highway, which is just a fucking sign. And he voted against the recognition of black history much. But I, don't, I don't know why Alaska is still voting on that in this recent, but whatever. <laughs> it's just like these I what the fuck, Alaska? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to know what else to even say uh, about some shit like that because it's like, but again, they're just getting more and more uh, awful, outwardly awful, you know, yeah, uh, and more like shameless about it. It's been a the the trend in yeah. recent years, and it's pretty wild. Um, and I wanted to talk about that because tonight, tonight's show is essentially all about uh, the monetary value of children. But uh, yeah. before we move on, I wanted to show one other quick hit from the state <laughs> legislature. This is, this is uh, Minnesota House Minority Leader Mark Johnson, who we've talked about before, uh, explaining how not racist he is. And it has to be seen <laughs> to be believed. Look, folks, we brought forth good faith amendments throughout the night. There are holes in this bill 
We're not calling groups any names. What we're saying is we need to protect Minnesotans. It doesn't matter what your race, your color, your creed, Norwegian, Polak, Somali. <laughs> Look, folks, we have concerns about this. And yeah, oh, man. concerns up on this floor. Uh, Tonight we were called we love- white. Like, we we love, love them all, all man. All kinds of people, even yeah. Polacks. <laughs> yeah, mix, mix, wops, all that. We love them all, you know, here in Minnesota. <laughs> I like it as in Minnesota, so he made made sure to include Norwegians. That's an important little bit of constituent service there. So yeah, shout out. To I wonder Mark if Johnson. they have a slur. They surely do, right? I don't know it. I bet they probably got one. Like Sweden's got one for them. I bet they've got to. Yeah, but, usually proximity creates racism. So like, I don't yeah. know enough for Norwegians to know the slurs against them. But uh, yeah, I bet you, I bet you, Finland and and, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, where, where the countries around them uh, do. <laughs> Sweden, Iceland. Uh, Norway, yeah. uh, Germany. Are they close? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I mean, Germany's probably got, Germany's our, got to start for everybody, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, our American is showing right now. Yeah, They're like oh, yeah. no, fucking. It's up. Russia's it's over up there. there beside them. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. Santa, it's in the upper Santa left. Falls. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that clip, but now. Yeah, let's talk about child labor laws. Something that I wouldn't have had on my bingo card, frankly. I don't know why. I shouldn't be surprised by anything they do. But this is just one of those things. It's like, I wouldn't have thought this would come back up. I would have thought this is one of those things. It's like, can you believe what people used to do? And then finally, we realized we shouldn't do that anymore. And then we never did that again. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, I thought this would be in that category of the annals yeah. of human history, child labor, but uh, apparently not, yeah. not in Iowa. I mean, anyway. something we don't think about enough is the concept of being an adolescent was reinvented fairly recently. And so, like, that's where you see those pictures yeah. of, like, you know, 11-year-olds in hard hats smoking cigarettes and whatever. It's like, that's that's mm-hmm. what life was like before we had child labor laws. And we talked a bit about I was a child labor effort last weekend, but a bunch of shit's happened since then that, that has made this a much bigger issue. But let's start with talking about Iowa because the Iowa unions have gotten in, uh, gotten on this hardcore and are fighting it. And here's a video from a protest uh, where they took over the Capitol yesterday. You get a vibe for the, yeah. We are drawing a line in the sand now. Our kids are not for sale. I didn't cut it, Matt. So, yeah, um, I believe that uh, uh, Charlie Wishman is president of the Iowa Federation of Labor, AFL-CIO. Um, uh, we'll talk a little about Charlie in a second because he uh, he's actually a friend of the show, sort of. Uh, so they about 75 union members protested the proposal Monday afternoon. They were chanting, kids not for sale, which you just saw. We don't need any more kids working in factories and packing plants. Uh, that's, that's from Jesse Case, who's secretary treasurer of Teamsters Local 238. We need to pay higher wages for their parents so the kids don't have to work in factories and packing plants. Yes. Um, Republic, Republican lawmakers said they're already planning to change portions of the bill that shielded employers from liability if a teen worker was injured on the job. Uh, to make it clear that student workers are eligible for workers' comp if injured. So I don't know what the settlement they're going to be offered, but if you lose your leg in a, in a you know a sausage grinder, it's probably like 50 bucks in a ride to the prosthetic place. 
Um, these fucking ghouls, man. Um, <laughs> they also didn't they? It's like part of it was that they it was approved apprenticeship program, so they were like a work release type thing, and they were planning on holding the the schools or something liable. Or do you know what I'm talking about? Like initially, they weren't going to hold the companies liable. It was going to be like the schools or somebody else, which I didn't understand why they would, uh, why anybody I thought it was that no one was going to be held liable, but maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm misremembering. Um, so secretary of labor out soon to be outgoing secretary of labor, Marty Walsh was asked about this, um, the other day. And, uh, here's what he had to say, which I think he's actually pretty, he's actually a good labor secretary as far as, I mean, what I'm familiar with of his work, he's been, he's been good. That's Some an kind ad. of staffing shortage in <laughs> The legislature is looking to use children to fill the gaps, a frustrating proposition for federal officials. Yeah, the answer is not child labor. I mean, I mean, we have labor laws in this country and, and organized labor, quite honestly, one of the big uh, reasons organized labor formed in the late 1900s, early 20th, 19th century, 20th century is because of child labor laws. The bill in question. Right. You can cut it, Matt. Six, seven. So. One of the reasons the unions want to stop this is because they're trying to undercut wages and union jobs, right? So, like, yeah, union money is on the line here. But isn't it nice when your morals and your financial incentives align? Right. <laughs> when you don't have to be a shit person to fucking make money. And it's like like shoving 13-year-olds into – like I saw a union worker giving a speech about how he went through a long apprenticeship to work this kind of job to be able to do it safely. These kids are not going to go through that process, and these jobs aren't going to be union. So, like – it's just like they're, they're signing up to get kids yeah. mangled. Yeah. So the whole thing, like I said, or like, oh, nobody wants to work anymore. Just something they keep saying. There's a labor shortage. And we've said a million times, it's like, it's just they don't pay people enough. Like, the you know, when there's a genuine labor shortage, the answer is a raise in wages, which they don't want to do. And so this is another way for them to try to get around that. Like I said, you know, kids don't know any better. You can pay them less and hell, they can probably figure it out well enough. And it also, the other part, it seems like the companies were like, okay, but like, kids are dumb and uncoordinated. So like, what if one of them loses their leg or something like that happens? And then they were like, Oh, don't worry about that. We'll just, we'll, <laughs> we'll put all thing in there. It says you don't even have to, you don't have to deal with it. And then they were like, okay, well, yeah, we could get behind that. That sounds pretty good, but yeah. it's just a way for them to fuck as many people over as possible while, you know, saving whatever money they can. And, uh, just, yeah, it's gross. It's the whole culture, the whole fucking, we're in late, and that there's there's a subreddit for this, but we're in like we're in fucking late stage capitalism now, man. Where it's like shit's getting real gross out here and real bad, and it's just uh, you're seeing what's there's, really going on. There's a quote from like I think a Silicon Valley venture capitalist dude. He's talking about like, well, we don't. He's talking about labor movement. Said, so, well, we don't live under laborism. We live under capitalism. And like that guy was being an evil asshole, but he had a good point. It's like money, money's making the decision here. There's not a single person you can point to to say that like that person's the evil one, because if that guy tried to make a more responsible decision, the money would find someone who'd make the irresponsible decision and it would flow to him. And then the irresponsible decision would get made. Do you know what I'm saying? He just under, he just undercut the guy who's trying to be ethical. So like, this is where it gets, but like, so I wanted to to talk about Marty Walsh a second, because like, there's gotta be, I I don't know what the federal government can do here, but there's gotta be fucking something like, (laughs) I if there isn't if the federal government doesn't have the uh, right. regulatory authority to stop this, then they should be fighting but, to get it. Yeah, right. Because right. it's okay. The way a state can make 
a state can make a law that's more strict than a federal law, right? But they can't right. make one that's less so. So this implies that are there no federal child labor laws or they just don't cover these specific things or whatever? Because if because if they were and these things were explicitly outlined at like a federal level, then they wouldn't be able to do this. And that's, you know, maybe they ought to do that if they haven't. I don't know how much power right. any individual state has over child labor laws, but yeah. <laughs> I was like... I read this story out of Florida today, and I'll, I'll make this make sense in a second. But they, they, the Florida Democrats are trying to pass a law that will regulate where dogs can ride in cars because they're trying to stop the epidemic of dogs riding with their heads hanging out the window, which is just adorable. <laughs> and I don't know why they're trying to stop that. Like we, our dog has a little little thing that clicks in the seatbelt. So you ride in the back seat because you know, like airbags are bad for dogs. But if we're on a long road trip and she's feeling lonely or nervous, we'll let her up in her lap for a little bit. Which maybe we all not do that, but it's not illegal. Florida's trying to make it illegal. And I'm thinking, like, why do Democrats do this shit? Like, this kind of dumb bullshit is why the public thinks of them as nanny state people. But here's something where that actually needs regulation. The railroads need regulation. And they just completely sit on their hands. Like, like a, a, a guy I used to read a lot of I thought was really funny about politics was talking about, like, what people think about California versus what California is. And it's like, California liberals will give cops more money and refuse to regulate them, but will make a law saying you can't have a pet ferret. That's sort mm. of like how this goes. Just don't do the dumb nanny state bullshit, but do the good nanny state bullshit. So like, I don't understand. But anyway, I wanted to say a clip of Marty Walsh and him like shrug, like Jim being like, well, they ought not do that. But then that's as far as he's going so far. Because right. uh, Char Charlie Wishman, I talked about a minute ago, uh, I guess he, he reached out last week when he talked about this Iowa child labor thing. Cause um, I guess he watches skews, which shout out to Charlie. Thank you for your work. But he said, uh, he said, we aren't getting a ton of help. And so we feel so alone, but we're so pissed, brother. Uh, I'll, uh, I just want to let you know that the working class out here isn't a bunch of all dudes in MAGA hard hats. Most of the speakers are women, and we are a diverse movement. Our best door knocker and volunteer is a Latina lesbian steelworker. So shout out to her and shout out to them uh, for fighting this bullshit. And by the way, this happened today, according to what Charlie sent me. They, they led, the legislature passed something called Rule, Rule 25, which banned demonstrations on the second floor of the Capitol. And includes wearing clothes of a particular type and carrying signage or chanting. So they saw these people chanting and made it illegal. And he says, you can only demonstrate in the basement pretty much now. So, yeah, that's the response to like, hey, you guys are being assholes for trying to put children in meatpacking plants. And they go like, stop yelling at us. Yeah, <laughs> it's mean. <laughs> you yeah. want to yell, go to the basement. Yeah, it's like that's another thing. I don't know uh, if they can just do that. You know what I mean? If they can just dictate how you can protest and where and when and all that, then I don't know how I don't know what you know, protesting is supposed to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if they can just, right. if you show up and you protest, they're like, no, not like that. And then you can't do that anymore. You can go to jail or whatever. It's like, it yeah. doesn't seem like it's actually a right. Uh, right. It's like during the Iraq war when, when president Bush traveled, they'd have designated free speech zones for people to protest in. But like, if, <laughs> how do I have free speech? If there's only a zone where I can have free speech. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you're wondering why, to, why they're trying to give this, make this legal or give it the color of law, it's because they're already doing it. There's a ton of child labor all over America, which the New York Times made clear in a pretty devastating report this week. And I want to play this clip from the, uh, the reporter who, one of the reporters who broke it to uh, set it up. 
Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Virginia for the story, speaking to more than 100 migrant child workers in 20 states. Hannah, can you lay out the scope of this investigation, what you found, and were you shocked by the speed of the Biden administration's response and your evaluation of what that is? Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I mean, when I started this reporting, I thought that we might find that some kids were working agricultural jobs, maybe dishwasher jobs. I never anticipated that we would find the scope of children working these really industrial, adult, dangerous jobs in all 50 states. Um, So really what I discovered is I think— The lead on their story is this girl in Carolina who's working at a Cheerios factory after midnight. Uh, and she's 15 years old. Um, they found 20 year old roofers in Florida and Tennessee, underage slaughterhouse workers in Delaware, Mississippi, and North Carolina, and children sawing planks of wood on overnight shifts in South Dakota. Um, and they, they, they talked to over a hundred kids, but if a hundred kids are, if they could find a hundred and a hundred are willing to talk, especially a hundred who are here pretty much on temporary immigration status, how many fucking are there? Right. Right. Yeah. He's got a shitload. 50, 100, 200,000. Um, it's also, you picture like a Cheerios commercial with like kids over bowls with the sun shining in and they're all smiling and, you know, laughing at the little, like the little bee, if it's honey nut Cheerios, you know, the little bee mascot going through and it's all idyllic and precious and stuff. And then that cereal's being made by children and, three in the morning in fucking brutal Michigan winter. It's like, that's kind of just, it's sort of a snapshot of the whole damn thing right there, you know? Right. And uh, like, maybe, maybe, the, maybe that's a, you don't know, Trey, maybe that's a free box of Cheerios. She got at her job, but she loves making Cheerios and she's eating Cheerios to get the energy to go make more Cheerios. Right. <laughs> that not occurred. So Sorry. these, uh, these Didn't are, uh, that. These are mostly these are all um, the subject. Of this story is about migrant workers. All right, um, they're, they're they're not undocumented, uh, but they they are uh, here. I just want to quote this before I get to that. Uh, Times spoke more than 100 migrant child workers in 20 states described jobs that were grinding them into exhaustion and fears they have become trapped in circumstances they never could have imagined. Uh, children scrubbing dishes, running milking machines. <laughs> They're running milking machines at a goddamn dairy. Uh, delivering food delivery in New York. Um, built lava rock walls around vacation homes in Hawaii, which is bleak as hell. Thirteen-year-old girls uh, working in hotels, washing sheets in Virginia. Um, this one teacher talked about at a middle school in Miami. Talked about how uh, almost every eighth grader in her English learner program, about a hundred kids, was also carrying an adult workload. So. These are kids who came, mostly who came to America. Uh, they were unaccompanied minors at the border. All right. So I'm not, this isn't a conspiracy. This is like a situation where a bunch of different fucked up things about America have, have created a confluence of events to fuck over this group of kids and turn them into like wage slaves. Cause like, so one of the big holes in the immigration system. So they're like, they, they stopped taking asylum seekers during COVID. Right. That was a rule that Biden tried to stop, and a Trump made them keep it. Then Biden wanted to keep, and then a Trump and the judge made Biden stop. It's it's fucking it doesn't matter. But for a long time, my, my, migrants are being turned away from applying for asylum, uh, theoretically because of COVID. The one exception to this was unaccompanied children. All right, they would let in unaccompanied children. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So we used to have a situation where like I worked at restaurants with a bunch of like undocumented immigrants who were in America to make money to mail home to their families, their kids. Now a situation where kids are coming to America to work jobs to mail money home to their parents. All right. Right. Yeah. So, and they, so they get let in, but they're not, they don't just like say, all right, you're under 18. So you're good. Go ahead. They, there's like, they get put into a system, right? Like they've got like caseworkers and ostensibly yeah. they're watched and they have sponsors and everything. It's like, there's a whole thing about how it's supposed to work, but they just don't, they slip through the cracks. Like, they call them within the first month. Hey, is everything going okay? But like 80,000 of them just don't pick up the phone. And they're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll right. see them never. And then that's the end of that. And the sponsors, some of these sponsors are basically like brokers for child labor and that type of shit are just manipulating these kids into taking these positions. And it's like the whole, it's just uh, the whole thing's pretty fucked up and predatory. It has, has a way it's supposed to work. But like yeah. many things in this country, it's well, not really working. Republicans aren't wrong when they say the border is being overwhelmed. They're wrong in their solutions, what they want to do about it. And no one wants to spend enough resources to actually make it function because there's too many of these kids for the government to actually help and keep track of. So, yeah, they're supposed to find them a sponsor and a place to stay and a home and then check up on them. But none of that's happening. Also, they're not vetting. Uh, the, the caseworkers say they're rushing through vetting the sponsors. So even the people that they're placing them with, the sponsors and the, the, the people they're staying right. with. I mean, I'm not saying they're up to no good. They might be trying to help out a friend, a relative or a friend of the family or whatever, but like no one knows who they are because no one's, no one has the resources to check. Um, so I'm trying to do, do this has, this story has so many anecdotes that I don't turn into a cavalcade of horrors, but just know there's a bunch of other examples of kids uh, working in meat. Some of the ones I, to me, some, yeah. I was about to say, I was about to say some of the ones that's most fucked up to me is there's kids working in slaughterhouses and meat packing plants and deboning chickens and stuff like that. And that's like, yeah. That's brutal, gnarly work right there, man. And you know, you got fourteen-year-olds doing it into the wee hours of the morning and everything. It's pretty, uh, pretty dystopian. Yeah, here's a, a at a union a teacher at a high school in, in Grand Rapids uh, said that he had a kid who was working nights at a commercial laundry and began passing out in class and fatigue and was hospitalized twice, uh, but he couldn't stop working. So instead, he dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, so. Biden administration did respond to this story by saying they're planning to crack down on this, by, by cracking down on the employers for doing it. But this doesn't like if these kids have no social safety net to support them once they arrive in this country. I'm not sure what taking away their job does long. It's not a plan. You know, it's one part of a plan to crack down on the assholes who are hiring these kids and abusing them. But like they still need food and shelter. Right. So like. Mm-hmm. It's just like another example of like no one, no one has a plan beyond tomorrow. Um, and all this is just like, so next heading I have in our outline is fuck our racism because we have, we have a bunch of fields like the, the worker shortage is real in a lot of different industries. A bunch of central, uh, central Americans and South Americans want to come here to work. The problem solves itself, but we're not letting them in. <laughs> We, right. You know, it's like there was. So, I mean, like, this was years ago now, but I remember there was an instance in Alabama, uh, probably in like the early 2010s or something, where Alabama fa- passed at the time the nation's harshest immigration laws. Right, they really like cracked down hard, and then later that year, Alabama featured or er, uh, experienced record losses from uh, their agricultural industry. Like they lost uh-huh. millions of dollars in crops. It was a massive disaster because they 
didn't have anybody to work those jobs anymore and they couldn't find anybody to do it and they ended up fucking themselves over and uh yeah it's like that type of thing writ large you know I'm, I mean? uh, and they all and all these business owners and capitalists are all republicans and shit they want these people in here so they can pay them under the table and everything you know what i mean like they want them working for them every one of them right. individually does that but then they'll go you know fucking build the wall secure the border fucking you know uh all that it was a fucked up it used to be like – used to divide the Republican caucus before they went full MAGA because the Chamber of Commerce does like cheap migrant labor. Now, we should fight for them to get better wages and be better workplace treatment also at the same time. I'm not saying that we should let people in to abuse them. I'm saying we should make the whole system more equitable and fair for everybody and not have kids working in it. But like, That's a fucking uh, ridiculous idea, Mark. Where you come up with shit like that, huh? Like, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Improve the system for everybody? I don't know what kind of fucking – whacked out commie talk that is but yeah not around these parts. so the one of the last things i'll say <laughs> is like yeah i just want to quote just to reemphasize my last point because this guy said it better than me um uh there if the u.s expands immigration opportunities for international workers our labor shortage in central american central america's economic woes should ease simultaneously after all there's no skills mismatch between economically desperate central americans and open u.s positions u.s labor shortage is concentrated in fields that do not require extensive education we need more kitchen staff, construction workers, and delivery drivers. Um, people in Central America is home to people who all have all those fucking skills. It's like it's like it's such a layup of a policy solution that uh, I don't know what to tell people. But the other thing that's happening here is like you might have heard about this inflation crisis that I you know I'm putting air quotes around it. People listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> this is be like so a lot of different things are happening economically here, but like. The letting workers in is the easy win. It solves a bunch of problems because we have a labor shortage and inflation. And their solution is to try to raise interest rates to make the rest of us spend less money. So there's less demand for labor and services so that there are less open jobs. That's their right. plan. Instead of letting people in who are of age to work is to lower the number of jobs that are available. And yeah. by making the rest of us poorer. And again, I'm not alleging a conspiracy. I'm saying this is a bunch of different fucked up institutions colliding and nobody wanted to take the easy win because no one wants to say, I like immigrants. Right. <laughs> yeah, like that's immigrants. what I was going to say. You're calling it a layup. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm with you on it, but I'm saying like, I'm not surprised none of them are doing that because it's such a fucking, right. you know, lightning rod or whatever you want to call it. But policy wise, they'll get ripped apart by it'll be missed. Yeah. It'll be turned immediately into like, he wants to just open the border, let everybody in all day long, do whatever. He doesn't even matter. You know, like mm-hmm. they'll fucking run wild with that. Yeah. But you know, so yeah, wild um, shit anyway. So let, let the, let an immigrants pay them union wages, pay everybody union wages. Don't make, don't make kids work more than 20 hours a week at an after school job and, and let them be 15 or 16 before they start. And anyway, in conclusion, I want to play this last video from the protesters in the Capitol summing up our point in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. All right. All right, Matt. Find us some questions and comments there. Oh, sorry. Were you you had something else, Mark? Oh. I was going to say I've been overwhelmed by this number, the small world bullshit. So when Charlie, the AFL-CIO guy, uh, messaged me last week, Matt realized he knew Charlie. All right. 
And the video clip I played earlier of Charlie speaking was recorded by a reporter in Iowa named Tom Barton, who was an intern at the paper in Fort Worth that I worked at. That's pretty <laughs> wild. I, I yeah. didn't see that last one coming. The first few parts of that, I was like, yeah, well, Matt's like Iowa adjacent. And also he works in that, uh, you know, labor rural shit. He's in, that's his sort of realm. But that, that last part, that's pretty wild. That's uh, I don't know any of these motherfuckers except for you and Matt. <laughs> you, guys, you guys all seem pretty cool to me. Yeah. So, Hey, tell me, um, Sophia Salas Malacara says Trey will be in Arlington, Texas tomorrow. Wish I could go if it was a weekend. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry about that. It don't always work out. I was telling Mark uh, before about, but anyway, uh, I hope other people come and I'll see you next time. I don't know how close you are to, well, actually, anyway, I'll be back in Texas in the future and um, hopefully we'll have a good time. Mark, so you've got RIP Dilbert in here. <laughs> So yeah, Dilbert, Scott, you didn't even hit this up about Dilbert. Dilbert got canceled, buddy. Okay. Uh, that I know so, that dude is like a lunatic and everything, the guy that created it. But uh, he ain't he did, did he die? He didn't die, right? You, no, he did okay. he did he did a super racist YouTube rant about how black yeah. people are a hate group and yeah, white he's people shouldn't hang out with black people. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, a bunch wild. of newspapers, a bunch of newspapers finally dropped Dilbert and uh, Elon was going going crazy about how this is cancel culture. It's like you can't make you can't force the Los Angeles time to carry Dilbert. That's not yeah. what the first amendment's for. <laughs> Justin Goldberg says, Trey, I feel like you're kind of salty about losing that drag show when you were a kid. Well, like I said, Kobe's damn balls were hanging out. It didn't even have a real top on. It's just like a bra. He just looked, you know, just like I said, no taste, no decorum. What are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, no, some of the people I went to high school with, they saw that video and they were like texting me today and they're like, I'm still scarred by the sight of Kobe and that, <laughs> that up and, and all this shit. Uh, Nikon Kalapakum, probably butchered that, but I know you've been around for a while and I appreciate you. Says love in the background, Trey. Thanks. Yeah, that's right there. That's where the drag show took place. Scene of the soon to be crime, Clay County, Tennessee. Um, but yeah, let's see. Chuck Atkins, also been around for a minute, I do believe, says, does Mark know anything about the special police district in Jackson, Mississippi? Uh, somebody brought this up on my Patreon. Was that Chuck? It was Chuck. Chuck brought that up to me, too. What do you know about that? I, haven't, I know top line stuff. I know that, like, because Jackson's had the water crisis, a mostly black city in a uh, mostly white controlled state. And they have, like, basically the state version of nationalized the police force. <laughs> like, like I, that, that's pretty much all I know about it. It sounds fucking awful, but I haven't read up. I haven't read up further on it. I will vote for you, Chuck. So next time you ask, I'll be able to have a take on it. Uh, other than uh, I don't trust anything. The white Republican leadership in Mississippi would do to a black, the black state of, of the city of Jackson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. What else you got for us there, Matt? Let's see. Um, I'm interested. Uh, you want, need some, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was, no, was going to talk more about uh, Dilbert. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I'd love to hear more about Dilbert. But first, we got, okay, now y'all are just fucking with me. Spur, Spur Tigherna McTarrick says, I knew a guy named Jeff who would cross-dress mainly to mess with guys because of how hot he was in a miniskirt. That sounds prurient to me. You know, me we, so, we, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew... We had an episode of the podcast a long time ago where we talked about these high school drag shows way before this bill was a thing or whatever. And Drew was somebody, they had one too. And this dude kept getting mad, but he thought he was jealous of him. And he's like super redneck. And he's like, he can't be dressed like that. And it's like, yeah, I'm tired of these damn guys making my dick hard out here. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's like my, my favorite. 
my favorite onion headline of all time as well. These gay guys keep sucking like cock. It's so great. Oh yes, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. That's from like the late nineties era. Onion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jennifer Wimmer Denny says, love that Queen Dahlia said, thank goodness I was born a girl or else I'd be a drag queen. Yeah, she once lost a Dolly Parton lookalike contest as a legend <laughs> it, uh, to a particularly, uh, you know, pro-level drag queen, I reckon. Well, um, celebrities never look the same when you meet. My, when I lived in Dallas, a buddy of mine was a huge Cowboys fan, was working a counter like a Macy's, and a guy came in and was buying some dress clothes. And he goes, you know who you look like? And he goes, who? You look Daryl Johnston. He was okay, got to play for the Cowboys. Uh, he's like, you look Daryl Johnston, but smaller. And he goes, yeah, I get that a lot. And he leaves. Looks at the credit card receipt. It was Daryl Johnston. <laughs> that's like, that's like Tony Hawk's whole, not his whole thing, but Tony Hawk shares those stories on his Twitter and stuff all the time. Apparently, it happens to him all the time because I guess people just think they just assume, nah, that's not Tony Hawk, but he looks just like Tony Hawk, and apparently, he gets that all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, Drew, Drew, going back to Drew Morgan, he had a, he also did a video about the drag bill and he was in it saying that Dolly needs to say something. And I tend to agree. I'll never, uh, I'll never malign the good name of Dolly Parton regardless, but she's got, she's a gay icon. She has got to be the most popular, like inspiration for drag characters, I would think, or she's got to be near the top. I don't know what the stats are. But she's got a long-standing history with them and their whole thing, and it. She's from Tennessee, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I tend to agree with him. Lauren Lauren Russell Pank says NPR covered the special police district in Jackson. It is targeted racially in Mississippi. That don't sound right. Uh, yeah, I wonder if the drag bill would include like if cops get creative, they could like, well, that black man has a lot of lotion on. That's drag. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. making me horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody knows yeah. dudes not wearing lotion. What's this guy mm-hmm. doing out here? Uh, D- Dil, what were you going to say about Dilbert? Oh, <laughs> uh, the whole thing is so fucking crazy because, like, what happened was Rasmussen was like one of those super right wing polling outfits, the ones that used to show that poll- Trump yeah. had like a sixty percent approval rating. Yeah, so yeah. there's a four chan level, like level, like alt right messaging the, the campaign that was like it's okay to be white, which yeah, no one thinks it's not okay to be white. Just don't act that white. But they, so it, they polled 130 black people to ask them if they agreed with the sentiment it's okay to be white, which if in 70, 70 some percent of them said, yeah, and maybe the other 20 percent knew this is an alt-right hate speech campaign and said, I don't know. And so he saw that that poll that said 30 percent of black people out of a sample size of 130 said that it wasn't okay to be white. And he went on this whole diatribe. So basically the right wing just like psyoped one of their own members into getting himself canceled by misunderstanding a poll they did. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff there. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They stay playing themselves, man. It's a, mm-hmm. definitely a running thing with them. And it's always pretty tasty whenever they do. Um, all right. Let's see. You got anything else for us there, Matt? Now, hey, um, happy end of Black History Month, everybody, uh, since we're on the subject. It's been pointed out a million times, but it is pretty uh, – pretty american that you know they gave them the shortest month uh in the whole year you know <laughs> like oh that'll be they'll be fine with 28 days how much could there really be you know we could fit all yeah. that in there <laughs> george washington george washington carver they got to make yeah. peanut butter <laughs> yeah it's like, uh, that's, all, that's all we ever learned about the school was the peanut butter guy that's always it. and that's all ever mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. uh and tomorrow begins women's history month right correct mm-hmm. yep so. i believe so well, 
Happy both to everybody out there. How about that? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, again, th- thank you all for joining us. And listen, go to TreyCrowder.com. Actually, I mentioned the special earlier. You go to TreyCrowder.com. I got my stand updates, and there's a link to the special at the top of the website there. So, you know, one-stop shopping for all things me. The special is called Damn Boy. It's available on Amazon now. Also, Corey and Drew have specials on there. You can get them all together as well. Red however you want to do it. And then lastly, if you like this program, want to show your support, go to weeklyskews.com slash more, get a sign up on Patreon, $5 a month, bonus episodes, and, uh, you know, show some support and love in the process. Either way, we appreciate you coming here each and every SKUs day. We'll do the same. And with that said, I suppose we will see you in seven days. So you love you. Bye. Skews.